highest score. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. For What's up, guys? Okay. <laughs> oh, UFC <laughs> 199. Uh, you guys got to hear the curtain pull back a little bit, <laughs> figuring out the order of procession of the procession today. Um, let's get into it. You're here with me, Tiki, and Huss talking about Premier League fantasy for match day 11 coming up this weekend. Who to pick up, who to sell, who to keep, and who to take a risk on. But before we get into that, let's review match day 10 fantasy. We're going to review the top scorers of last week. And I say scorers because there are two of them tied. One of them is back to black top scorer. Last week he had 92. He follows it up this week with 72. He's my cousin from South Africa, literally. Invictus FC, Thorny, absolutely doing work, man. Joined the league late. He's sitting in 81st place still, but he's got 164 points in two weeks. That's a hell of an opening. Um, and then the other guy who's tied with him, FC Wombolo. What a name. Absolutely super African name. He's got one of those hussies. He's got one of those special, like, characters again, dude. How oh, are these guys God. doing this? Yeah, those, those icon things. Yeah, man. I mean, look, here's the thing. Kevlar, Marty McFly, he's not telling us. So maybe we can count on our guy, D-Dun. D-Dun. <laughs> right? D-Dun. D-Dun. I would guess D-Dun. Yeah, D-Dun. Morodolu. D-Dun Morodolu. Yeah, so Marty's not contacting us. So D-Dun, let us know how we get those icons because everyone should have these. These are nice. D-Dun finishes with 72 points on the game week and 520 overall. He's currently sitting in 24th place and climbing. Huss, let's get into the top five for match day 10. Taking the lead, it's just back and forth with these guys. We got Wayne Powell, Wayne's winners. He got 51 points on the week, got 586 total. That's, uh, that's pretty good. It's not crazy good when it comes down to the entire game. But for our league, he's obviously better than everyone else right now. Not so too well shabby. done, Wayne. Yep. Uh, rank two, we got Kevlar Ravens. We just talked about you with the icon, Marty McFly. You don't tell us how we get that icon, so we're going after somebody else now. Come on, let us know. Uh, you get 31 points for the week. You get 572 total. So Wayne had a strong week at 20 points over Marty. So right now he is. 14 points on top, so it's a nice little cushion right now. And third place, we got Allah FC, Mohamed Helmi, 42 points on the week, got 571. So, Marty, you're looking at maybe third place if you screw up this coming week because Mohamed is ready to take second place from you. And then only two points below him, you got A, B, C, D, E, F, C, Sean Maroney, 54 <laughs> points on the week. And then dropping a little bit more, but Evan Prosco with Liverpool rules uh, at 60 <laughs> points. On, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, his, team, team not, no, his team name sucks. Uh, <laughs> game week 60, uh, total is 557. That's dope, man. And let's get into the PFC host rankings. Uh, Struggle City, man. You got Huss sitting at 23rd and sliding. With 35 points on the match day, 521 overall. Al got himself 55 points, sitting in 33rd place, and he's got 503 overall. Myself in 46th place, took a bit of a slide, sitting there with 34 points and 482 overall. Fareed climbing above Tum, 
into 62nd place with 47 points and 457 points overall. And Tom sitting bottom of the PFC host nation or host, host yeah, host nation, 66th place, uh, 35 points this week, 453 overall. Some absolute dragging going on this week. But I blame it on the week, man. The big names didn't score, or at least the big names I had didn't score. I wasn't very happy this week. So hopefully week 11, match day 11, will be a lot better. Well, the big thing with me was, um, especially with fantasy talk-wise, Harry Kane not playing was, it killed, it killed the fantasy talk from last year, uh, last week. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, because we, I just saw Kara with you and we we're talking about fantasy and then we have Holly Williams who is tied with me. I got to give a shout out to you, Vincent Company, uh, the team name. I was giving you girls a hard time a little bit that first, second week. You're now tied with me. I got to, you know, I got I to suck on that a little bit. You know what I mean? Just like, I got to, yeah. hey, it is what it is. You're tied with me. Well done, Holly. Love that you're sticking around. Um, we got Jeff Wall in 20th, though. Uh, isn't Jeff Wall and Holly, aren't they the couple? Yeah, they know. are. I believe yeah, they so. Are. Yeah. There's a little rivalry going on right there. We got four points on her. Uh, so, Holly, I'm coming at you. I mean, I'm, I have a, a really, I've been having a really bad streak the last four weeks. I just seem to be stuck in the 30s. <laughs> I just can't get out. I got cement shoes on right now. I just keep dipping. <sighs> it's all good, man. You'll, you'll get it back. You'll absolutely get it back. And this show will definitely help you get it back, too. Let's talk about the buy, keep, sell, and risk results for last week, match day 10. Okay, so we got favorable matchups right here. We got Stoke versus Leicester. No, Hus. Oh, 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 last week, last week. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I thought you said this week. I'm like, oh. So last week, we're, uh, we, oh, we had the buys at 13. We got the keeps at nine. We had the sells. I don't even want to talk about this. Oh, we had boy. the sells at 26. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then we had the risk at 18. And when it comes down to it, the sells, um, who'd we have? We had, well, I know who we had for defense. Um, that was Phil Jones. Big reason yeah, why I got the nine yeah, yeah. points. Harry Kane wasn't playing. And that's also another reason why our keeps was uh, that got killed. For the buys, Yoshida didn't play for uh, Southampton. At one point, I thought they were going to get the clean sheet. Maybe if he was playing, they would have. They should have listened to me. But uh, <laughs> And I then it. I, it's also karma, too. I went against my boy. The one dude. I, I didn't sell him, but Pascal Gross. I went against my boy. I should have known better. You never go against the dude that you always pick up at the beginning, just like how how I do all the time. I always pick up that one guy, and I keep him for the whole show. Uh, what was it? it was uh, We got Michu one year. I got Vardy yeah. that one year. I mean, yeah. and uh, I shouldn't have said sell. That was karma coming back to bite me in the ass. It was, man. The soccer gods obviously playing a little prank on you, man. It happens every week. There's always that one guy you're like, mm, should I pick him up? Probably not. He's not going to do well. He goes off and gets the best score that week, or vice versa. You're like, this guy's guaranteed to get all the points, and he doesn't even play. So that's just part of being, you know, in fantasy soccer, especially with the deadline here being, you know, a full hour before the entire match day starts. It's not like game by game, you know, and team sheets are released an hour before the game. So it's this weird position you're in where you kind of have to read the future. But that's why shows like these help because we do a lot of research. We do our best to sort of get you that cut, cutting information. 
Yeah, and if we were talking about playing pranks on people, then Crystal Palace played a prank on me. That's why Chicha went off, got nine points. Well, not went off, but he got nine points because I really thought Palace has turned it around a little bit, but yet they haven't. Palace is, ugh. Yeah, up and down, man, up and down. Let's get into this week, though. Match day 11, that's enough reminiscing of past glories um, and unfortunate incidents. Let's get into favorable and unfavorable matchups for match day 11. Favorable matchups, we've got Stoke versus Leicester. That uh, sort of is a risky pick for favorable matchup, but I like it for the fact that I think Leicester – I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I have a soft spot for them because of what they did a couple of seasons ago and because I love Vardy. It just seems like when they want to score, they will score. When they're clicking, a, a team of Stoke will not beat them, and I feel like goals will be going in. I like it. Uh, West Ham versus Liverpool. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not predicting Liverpool will beat West Ham because I think they will, but it's always one of those rocky matchups for Liverpool. But I can guarantee there will be goals. Uh, Spurs versus Palace. Do I really have to even say why? For <laughs> <laughs> Palace. But, but you know what? I don't want to say that because last time I did that, I went off on Palace against Chelsea. They end up beating yep. them, and I yep. look like a fool. So you know what? Karma is going to bite me in the ass again probably. Let's just say there will be lots of goals. Yes. And then it will be a 0-0 zero zero game. Perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, City versus Arsenal. Look, I know that's a top matchup. I know that Arsenal is a good team. Not when it comes to City. I, I mean, Toomey, if you listen to all the episodes, Toomey was talking about how he can't wait for Arsenal to give City their first loss. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't know how they plan to do it. I don't, know, I don't know how any team except Jose's team, and it's not because I'm a United fan, but just I don't know right. how any of the team can beat City. Maybe, maybe Tottenham? Don't worry about Hey, Liverpool, they were one nothing before Mane got that red card. Yeah, yeah. So That's a good shot. Um. But when it comes down to Arsenal, look, the defense is in shambles. I mean, they look, they're looking better offensively, but def- defensively, it's the same thing. Czech's looking older and older weeks on weeks. Yeah, yes. Um, Everton versus Watford. That also is a, a risk pick, but I think just from what these two teams, I feel like these teams either play low-scoring games or high-scoring games. So I, I'm, I'm favoring that it's going to be a high-scoring game both teams are a little iffy at the moment, so that I, I believe there's going to be some goals. Cool. Unfavorable matchup. We've got Huddersfield versus West Brom. I just say that because, look, this is another risky pick uh, because I don't exactly know, but I don't, I don't see either team really going off West Brom. I mean, last year they showed some offensive glory, but this year, not so much. Huddersfield, uh, same thing. Not too many goals for those guys. Uh, Newcastle versus Bournemouth. Newcastle, this one I was stuck on. I thought I was going to do favorable because I thought Newcastle was going to get goals, but Bournemouth, they can be sneaky sometimes, but they just haven't had that form yet. Uh, Southampton versus Burnley. Both teams, I think, defensively are well. I think both teams, I think they're very similar. Defensively good, offensively a little shaky. Uh, And the last one, have to go Chelsea United for unfavorable because this could very well be a 0-0-1-1-2-2-3-3-4-4. We don't know. <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> zoomy, zoomy over there? <laughs> <laughs> zoomy, zoomy, 1-1. One, one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when it comes down to it, wait, they're at Stanford Bridge. 
So it's not like United's at home where they haven't even let a goal in, I don't think. <laughs> so yeah. it's a tough uh, match. It's a tough matchup. So I I think that it's gonna be goals, but I don't know how many. So it could be from a random player too. I feel like these type of games, it's always that random player that gets that goal. It could be from Aspie or uh it, Bakayoko. It just a random goal goes in. Or maybe it's just like a Juan Mata if he plays. Uh cool. so, Let's get into positions. All right. In this section, we're going to talk about which players to buy, keep, sell, or risk this week. For each position, we're going to start with goalkeeper, move to defenders, midfielders, and then forwards, and then recommend a captain for you guys. Huss, take it away. Goalkeeper, buy. Buying. So this one I got Nick Pope. Heard him last, last week because he had the most points as a goalkeeper. Burnley, they have Southampton away, Swansea home. Let's go into them real quick. I think we have them. Oh, I don't have that up at the moment. But let's just – if you do look at the the goal totals for these two teams, it's not very good. It really isn't. Um, So Burnley, because they're so defensively sound – well, for the most part they are. They are still a little shaky depending on which game they are. But that's also why they're Burnley, not United. Yeah, look, dude, Burnley's flying high, man. They're sitting in seventh place. Um, unfortunately, they have a goal difference of zero, so nine goals given up um, and nine goals scored. But they're they're capable of beating anyone on their day, you know, not because they're such a good team, but because uh, Sean Dyche has them so well organized, so well drilled. And that goalkeeper, Pope, man, came out of nowhere. Tom Heaton gets hurt against Crystal Palace. Uh, young Pope comes on Premier League debut game. Makes a crazy kick save on a Benteke shot that should have been a goal that got Ladrup fired. That's why I remember it because I'm still sour about Ladrup getting fired from Crystal Palace. And ever since then, he hasn't really skipped a beat, man. He's letting goals he's supposed to let in. You know, uh, there have been there haven't been any flubs. His confidence is high. His teammates trust him. He's a young kid, man, but he's absolutely killing it. I'm with you on this kid. Yeah, I mean uh, Southampton. Um, just going through some notes that I had. Um, Southampton, I, what was it nine? They have nine goals for uh, at home. They had uh, a game with a three goals, and they had a game with two goals. So a lot of the goals are getting bunched up. So when you see nine goals, ten, uh, nine four, ten against, it's not so much that they're getting nine goals in nine games. It's just they're getting goals here, and then they're going and taking a break for three matches. And that's why I see them so in, in, uh, inconsistent. Yeah, absolutely, man. And then uh, one of the things about Nick Pope, he's 4.5. So as much as I want to say he's a great buy, he, I can't because he's a backup goalie. I would wish that he was four because if he's four, he, there's a good chance I'm keeping him for a long while because uh, Heaton is I mean, the shoulder dislocation, so it's unknown when he's going to actually get back right now. So I would maybe even think about keeping Pope for the rest of the year. Uh, if not for probably so Heaton comes back, yeah, yeah. What third week, second week in in December because he got what Southampton away, Southampton, uh, Swansea at home, Arsenal. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. But then they got Bournemouth, Leicester, Watford, Stoke, Brighton. So they have a good run. Uh, so you can't really hate Burnley because they also have um, the defenders uh, are looking pretty good for them as well. Cool. But that also that also takes into account that they don't lose their manager. Because Sean Dyke, uh, D, what is it, Dyke? Dyke. 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 
Uh, there's a lot of talk that maybe he goes to Everton, but I don't think uh, I don't think he's going. I think he's staying with Burnley. Cool. Keep. So keeper, we got Johannes Lossel uh, uh, from Huddersfield. I don't know how to say his name. It's because they have like the two dots over the O. I don't know how to pronounce that. Lassell. Lassell. Similar, similar to to the Newcastle defender as well, who's also Lassell. Very okay. confusing, but. I think it's the South. So, I mean, the next two games, Huddersfield is playing West Brom at home and then Bournemouth away. West Brom, oh, let's get into West Brom. They have nine goals, four of 13 against. Um, going away from home, I think they only have two or three goals on the year. It's not very good. And then Bournemouth, they have been one of the worst teams this year. They're in relegation. They're sitting in 19th when everyone thought they are going to be a little bit higher than that. Uh, so against Huddersfield, who's been shining right now and with a manager that is proving that he can hang with the other managers, this goalkeeper doesn't seem too bad. He had the, um, he had the save against Salah for Liverpool. So he ended up getting, even though they let in three goals, he still got eight points on the day. So they're going to let up shots. That's a big thing. We're going to let up shots. And if you can get a clean sheet, you're looking at, Seven points, probably eight points from this guy. It's kind of like Fabianski has a bit of that character at Swansea about him. You know, he's not on a very good team, but he's a pretty solid goalkeeper and he gets a lot of action, aka shots, like you were saying. So the more saves he makes, the higher his points. So you might not necessarily have to play for clean sheets, but you play for those saves and then hope he gets bonus points on uh, one of the man of the match um, awards. Yeah, you know what? I always start. I also start to realize that I'm a little biased when it comes down to goalkeepers because I usually try to pick goalkeepers under five. Because this uh, Johannes is also four point six. He's only owned by eight point five percent of the teams. Uh, I always find myself selling goalkeepers at a five point five, a little higher, and yeah. always buying a goalkeeper at four point five. So you see my strategy come out when I I give out these tips. Yep. Uh, selling. Speak of the devil, we have Czech, who's at 5.4. He's owned by 5.5 in the game. Look, when it comes down to it, let's let's get this all up. Arsenal, they're facing City away. Spurs at home. I mean, do I really have to say yeah. much more than just, that? Just walk away for two games, guys. Just yeah. walk away. And I'm just going to backtrack. <laughs> I love <how> see backtrack. <laughs> uh, so moving on real quick, we got... Oh, this wrist pick. I was I was so iffy on this. I don't even know if I'm even happy with this pick. Pickford from Everton. Uh, look, he's he hasn't got more than six points. Uh, he got six points the first match. He got four points the second match. Other than that, he has not got more than three points in one single week. But they have Watford at home, Palace away, Southampton away. West Ham home, Huddersfield home. That's five teams who struggle to put the ball in the net. And when we talk about Everton, when will they turn it around? It's just finding that right wave for Everton. It could be now. It could be against Palace. It's, I think it's coming soon. I really do. Because if they don't perform well against these next five teams, they're in legitimate relegation battle. Yeah. And we're not talking like, Oh, no, they make their way out of it. No. 
they're in legitimate problems and Everton how, might get relegated. How crazy. That that would be absolutely insane. It's like Newcastle getting relegated. It's worse than that because a billionaire just came in and infused them with money. They spent 130 mil in the summer buying, you know, all kinds of pieces. Dude, it would be absolutely nuts if they get relegated. But they're playing like a team who deserves to be relegated right now. But I, I think they'll clean it up, man. Everton's good for it. I think those players will come together and fix it. Well, that's why I'm I'm saying Pickford is a risk because <laughs> absolutely, if, if they do turn around the next five games. We're looking at a lot of points for the next five matchups, and he's 4.9, and he's 6.8% uh, owned by the team. And look, this is going to counter what I'm going to say later on, so keep in mind, but Dini is suspended, and Everton is home. So that could be playing a couple different things there, because with Dini, the heart and soul of the team, which also kind of goes against what I'm going to say later, I mean, that could be a big boost, and also being home, I mean, this is one of the, I think this is one of the last sports because in America, being home and away doesn't actually necessarily matter. I don't think because there's a lot of a lot of times that we see we see uh, sport teams actually have a better record away from home. I think soccer or football, if you want to call it, is different sport than other sports. There. Yeah, definitely, man. Especially American sports where they don't have a section for the away fans. So, you know, your fans are intermingling with the home team fans. So it never really feels like a hostile environment. But in a sport like football, soccer, you got a whole little corner of the stadium where it's your fans. And then you look that look at that in comparison to the rest of the stadium. Even that image on itself, you know, is intimidating because you think, oh, there's a small corner right there. But the rest of the stadium wants to kill us. That sort of gets into your head. So, yeah, home and away in football, especially in the Premier League, makes a massive difference. That being said, doesn't mean uh, the home team always wins or is more likely to win, you know, necessarily in every case. You got Burnley, who had a better away record um, than they had a home record, you know. So, and even this year, they, they, actually last year was the other way around. I'm sorry. Last year they had a great home record. This year they have a horrible home record, excellent away record. So, it depends, man. It depends. But for the most part, I hear you, Huss. Home field advantage does play a bit more of a factor than most American sports. Yeah. And, I mean, if you if you just look at two teams, I know they're more of the top teams. But if you look at United and Liverpool, United, I don't think, have led in one goal at home. And then Liverpool has led in one goal at home. I mean, that's, that's astounding, especially for Liverpool's standpoint. We talked about last week. To let in that many goals away, and it's the same core group, but you do it at home. Like, I don't understand how – just going to another stadium. I mean, professional soccer players. I mean, why can't you just do it away? Like, you do, but that's another talk for another day. Sorry. Cool. Let's <laughs> get into defenders. Buy. Buying. I mean, I was looking at multiple players on this team because I wanted to go for the cheaper option, as I always seem to. <laughs> like, whatever. When it comes down to fantasy, or if you talk to Fred and Al, uh, cheap in life. But, <laughs> but uh, when it comes down to it. I'm going with some Spurs. Uh, I'm going with Vertonghen. Uh, I wanted to go see if I can go with Davies or Chippier, but I don't know exactly who's starting, who's not. But Vertonghen, he's almost a complete lock to start, and he's worth paying the extra money for. He's six overall, and then he is owned by 7.6% of the game. Look, Tottenham, who do they have coming up real quick? They have... They have Palace at home, Arsenal away. 
Then you got West Brom, Leicester, Watford, Stoke, Brighton. So except for Arsenal, I mean, this is looking really good for Spurs. I, and, we could be seeing a lot of points. And the cool thing about that pick is that Toby um, just went out of the game in the Champions League game against Real Madrid, went out injured, grabbing his hamstring. As we record this, we don't know the full extent of his injury, but I would keep a close eye on the newspapers or you know, the news websites to figure out how long Toby's out. The longer he's out, the higher Vertonghen's stock is going to go. He's absolutely underrated, dude. After watching him against Real Madrid, watching him this season, watching him the last two seasons, Tottenham's had the best defense in the Premier League the last two seasons, which means it's not a fluke anymore. It's not luck. There's just something tactically that Pochettino is getting right, and this those players are absolutely blossoming for him. Vertonghen, I think, is going to be one of the best defenders in the world. Unfortunately, he doesn't play that way. There's not a lot of, you know, finesse and prettiness and bravado to his game, so he doesn't attract a lot of eyes while he's playing. He just quietly does his job. But, man, I love that Vertonghen shout. Yeah, no, um, you made a huge shout-out with um, Alderweireld. Um, I was going to bring up uh, Toby for the fact that I was even looking at Sanchez to, to get yeah. that but He's priced at six. I mean, that's so high for a first-year defender. I mean, yep. how, how is Sanchez priced at the same as Toby and you know why? Because that system works, man. Wimmer, Kevin Wimmer, who they sold uh, this summer, yes. was looking super promising, was looking like he was going to be a stud. Why? Because he was in that system. As soon as he leaves in that system, leaves Tottenham, gets exposed, man. He's not that good. He might be one day, but he looked a lot better at Tottenham than he does at his current club. I think Stoke, if I'm not mistaken. You got to fact check me on that. But it's it the is, system, I, man. Davin, yeah, Davinson Sanchez came in out of nowhere from Ajax. You know, obviously killed it at Ajax. Uh, the main story with him was, you know, he should have waited one year, or at least the, the some of the reports were saying it's too early of a move, too early of a move. The kid looks better than – he looks an equal to Toby and Vertonghen right now. You know, I would love him at United. I'm sure you'd love him at Liverpool. Arsenal could use a guy like him as well. He's, he's absolutely brilliant, man. And it's a credit to Pochettino for respecting that back line and sort of giving him that instruction to, to keep these clean sheets, man. It's brilliant. I mean, you don't have to really explain to me about systems because we have Lovren, who looked like a superstar at Southampton, and then he comes over yeah. and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, that's true, uh, man. Wimmer is at Stoke. You were correct on that. That's and rough. Look, guys, if you, want, if you don't want Vertonghen, if you don't have six, if you want to take a shot at Davies or Trippier, I mean, it's only saving 0.2 or 0.4, but that's not a horrible shot just because of the fact that they get down the line and they can cross the ball. Yeah, dude, uh, Tottenham defenders or, you know, if you're feeling really froggy, Lloris, take a look. Although Lloris looked like he was pulling up a bit in the Champions League game, so maybe uh, Mikel Vorm might get a, a start, so... That could sort of play differently for, for Tottenham, but that's why, you know, that's why you take those risks. And at first I was like, oh, maybe Rose will get back, but he's a waste of time because he's priced at 6.4. I mean, that's outrageous. Yeah. I mean, he did good last year. There's but no like, defender, yeah, cheaper than six, yeah. Yeah. So moving on, uh, keep, Lascelles, Newcastle. Uh, okay. This guy, we brought him up multiple times. I was looking at a few different defenders. I was looking at maybe even Yedlin. Um, because he, he can play on the outside, but this, he just seems like he's the guy. He's the guy for Everton, or, I'm sorry, Newcastle right now. Uh, he gets the goals in the back. He almost looks like a version of what uh, Swansea had in Ashley Williams. He just got random goals. 
uh, here and there. Not too many, but he's there, and he's a big body dude. He can just defend straight up. Yeah, he's a beast, man. He's a beast for that team, and he's a super young kid too. I think 23 years old, captaining Newcastle United, man. That's that says a lot for the manager to trust such a young guy to lead all these, you know, older, more established players. This kid plays with heart, man. He got two goals in two weeks um, a couple match days ago. So, look, Newcastle's up in the air. You never know how they're going to do. But this year, it looks like they're going to finish mid-table. So, they're going to get results. And they got the pieces for that, too. Yeah, and it's, uh, he's only he's only ranked, um, priced at 4.7. So, it's not that horrible. And yeah, that's reasonable. He probably started at 4.5 and has gone up 0.2 just to give you, an idea, give you guys an idea of this kid's progress. I am almost positive. I'll check that right now. And yes, you are correct. He was at 4.5, but it took him, what, five weeks to go up to 4.6, which, well, I thought it took a little bit while. But, um, all right, well, you get the one point first and second week, so I guess. But after oh. that, he got 16 points, 15 points, 8 points. He also got another 6. Uh, he also is owned by 12.8% of the crowd. This is the guy that I think you need to buy if you want Newcastle, because if you look at Newcastle's schedule, we got Bournemouth at home, United away, which is going to be really tough, and they'll probably lose that one. But then you got Watford at home, West Brom away. So out of the four matchups, you got three. So you can even bench him because he's so cheap. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Selling. This, this one hurts a little bit because I thought we might have found a guy. I bought into the hype uh, the first couple weeks. Um, what does he have? He had 31 points first five games, and he had five points in the last five games. I think I bought him in like the fourth or fifth week. Uh, you just missed the wave. His name is Higazi. Ah, oh, he's killing me too, Hus. He's <sighs> killing me too. And you know what? He's not just killing us. He's killing 22% at the Jesus. moment. Jesus. And Dow at one point was up to 35%, I believe. I'll have to double, I'm double-checking that right now because I remember seeing him up there. Yeah, while you check that, I yeah, man, I think it's time. It's time to dump this guy. And watch, he's gonna probably score two goals this weekend. But the numbers aren't there to justify. I've been watching West Brom trying to figure out why this dude is not scoring, or like you know, or why he was scoring. Is there, you know, does Tony Pulis all of a sudden have center backs attacking? <laughs> like, what is going on there? And looking at the team, like it was just set piece goals. There's not much to his game excellent defender absolutely good defender but like as far as clean sheets i don't know if west brahma good for clean sheets this year and as far as goals from that center back position i don't know if he's good for it this year either you know what i'm, I'm looking at the selected by and he wasn't look he was selected by ninety thousand first week because no one really knew who he was and then five hundred thousand five and a half thousand so that was there but after the fifth week it only went from like 1.4 million down to 1.1 million. So there's still a lot of people. It's actually pretty much 1.2 million that still own him, which I don't understand. I well, we're one of those 1.2, Hus. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what do you mean don't this understand? You're doing it right now. <laughs> oh, I know. We this just is... have to wake up. That's what it comes down to. Look, me and you, our strategies are pretty similar. I'm a little bit more aggressive about it, but we like to stack up our attacking players and sort of ride the luck with the defensive players. That's what I've been doing so far this season. And it's worked on weeks here and there. But overall, I think I need to start respecting that back line a little bit more, putting in, you know, some 5.5, maybe some 6.0 uh, value players in there. Well, last last year I had 
I had Alonzo last year because he was up the uh, the wing, and it was almost like what we saw with um, Gareth Bale. What is it? Six years ago, when when we were doing Yahoo Fantasy, and I think Farid actually made a shout out for that guy. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's a defender, but he kept scoring and he kept moving up forward. It's, it's so pause, man. It's so crazy that people forget that this dude started as a left back and goes to Real Madrid as one of the most expensive wingers in the world. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that, man? That's an awesome story for him. Well, that's also what happens when you have Olympic time speed on your sprint. But yeah, right. <laughs> you can't waste that in the back line. Yeah, but I mean, that that's the philosophy I have uh, for anyone out there defenders i'm always looking for two things with defenders one are they playing midfield or even further up uh yep. and two if they're not try to buy the cheapest player who plays all the time on a yep. really good defensive squad a lot of times you can find them on a west brom where they're not going to score many goals yep. but you might be able to find a 4.5 which this guy when we bought him was probably 4.9 for you was 4.9 for me yeah uh if he kept on getting those points we're looking at a great i mean probably probably top 10 defender for under five. And that's that's what you're trying to find. You're find, trying to find those little treasures here and yeah. there. Davies no. was that value for me last year. I snuck mm -hmm. in with Davies last year on Tottenham. Um, absolute stud. And Tarkowski as well did pretty good for me last mm -hmm. year. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with the tactic, man. Try to find those value defenders. Well, we talk about all the time where you know, you basically know who the top four, top five players are you're going to try to pick. I mean, the, the, the Agueros, the Harry Canes, Lukaku, Cazaz, let's see Sanchez, all those type of players. Everyone's going to try to get those. It's about picking the right ones which week, but it's the ones you can find. Pasco Gross, just those little treasures. If you can find them yeah. for under five, under six, that you can buy more of the top players, that's the key. Yep, absolutely. All right, next one. Next one, wrist pick. Kyle, no team. Notton. My son, Notin. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> it went like Spanish on him. Kyle Notin. The one time I throw a little flair into it. Uh, look, this guy, um, he is 4.6. Price um, at 4.6, owned by 5.7%. Look, Hampton, defensively better away. Um, but when it comes down to it, not in, he plays further up the field. That's that's all it comes down to. Um, I don't know. I said Hampton. It was Swansea. Sorry, Swansea defensively better away. And then no, not in, they plays further up the field. He's almost like a wing back. Because if you actually look at the heat map from last match, he his um, his hottest spot was actually on the offensive half. Yeah. So at four point six, exactly four point six. Um, he's not a bad shout going against Brighton and then Burnley and then Bournemouth, because after Chelsea, you get Stoke and West Brom. So this guy, he might slip in a, in a goal here and there, or maybe assist with a cross. You never know. Cool. Moving on to midfielders. I mean, I don't even want to like, spend that much time on him, uh, because we all know who he is. I almost went for um, a couple other players, because oh, Erickson. I was going to go with Erickson, but I didn't want this an overloaded Spurs uh <laughs> basically just bowing down to Spurs on fantasy because they have some good matchups. But, and I'm not, it's not because I'm a Liverpool fan, but you got to go with Salah. Again, this guy, he just, he just does it. He's like, he's exactly he like what Mane last year. Yeah, he produces, man. 
He produces. Yeah. There's no denying it. I think so far he's absolutely the the, the best uh, EPL signing. Obviously, Lukaku has a shout in there, but man, he's he's producing, dude. He he was brought in to do a job. He's doing a job. It's impressive. And actually, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, how how is he already priced at this? And I was all mad because I didn't because I was hoping I was going to get some sort of steal, but no, thirty six point one percent on him, <laughs> and it's probably only going to rise. But yeah. the big thing is he plays every single game. And that's one of the big things about Klopp is that's why people get injured. You play them. Look at Harry Kane right now with Spurs. He got injured. And when he comes back, he still looks a little flimsy. So even playing against uh, Real Madrid, we don't even know if he's going to play against Chris Palace because he's still looking a little shaky right now. Because rest, but he is on fire. But it's the same story as Mane. So if he does play, you have to pick him up. Cool. Love it. Keep. I'm going with Watford's guy, not Decore, because I went with him last week or – yeah, I went with him last week, and he failed me miserably. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going with the Rick Carlson, the guy who seem, that seems to be lacking clinicalness when the team needs it. Clinicality. But, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, he's a little bit more expensive than Decore or Decore. What do you want to call it? Is it Decore? It's the Corey, bro. This is a okay. little action. Okay. So, hey, I'm getting a little better. I'm getting a little better. There you go. Maybe. You are. Last week, I think I call him Decor. Run <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the Decor. Um, so, he's 6.4 priced, and then he is 16.4% owned by. Uh, look, I already went through this with you a little earlier. For you guys that don't know, Watford is four wins, two draws, and one loss. When Dini plays, 79 minutes or less. When Dini plays more than that, they have zero wins, one draw, and two losses. Now, I'm not saying Dini is the problem because he did get on, did get on the field when, uh, to get the goal against Arsenal to win that mm -hmm. game. And then he also got the assist uh, to get the win at, for Swansea. So when it comes down to it, is Dini actually the best situated player to start? Or is he just better to come on after, after sixty minutes? But well, look, we're going. To, okay. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say he might not even play this weekend. He's been charged by the FA for violent conduct with a spat for that spat he had um, with Joe Allen. So he might not even be available. Oh no, he definitely isn't available. <clears throat> uh, he he suspended uh, till November twenty eighth. That's something I was gonna get into. But right now, the we're gonna see what Watford's made of. When he's yeah. not available. He wasn't available. Let's get into it real quick. He wasn't available for the first two games. They tied Liverpool 3-3, and they won against Bournemouth 2-0 uh, because I believe he was injured. But then then uh, they, they tied Brighton, and he only had seven minutes, and then they won against Southampton, and he only had six minutes. Then they – you know, he got the assist when he only played four minutes. So when it comes down to it, it's almost seeming like – Dini, I don't know if it's because he's a larger guy or maybe he's, this team's changing because uh, maybe they have more technical players or something. I don't know. Maybe he's getting not so much phased out, but is he just becoming a really good 12th man? Yeah, man. I mean, he's, he's on the twilight of his career. Um, he never had the best fitness. You know, he can play 90 minutes, but he never had that, that great fitness. You can tell by his body. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's a matter of evolution. Um the manager at Watford is more of a ball-playing guy, more of a movement guy, fast-paced guy. Um, so 
man, yeah, I think it's a matter of time before Dini's completely phased out. Plus, these antics um, are not good for team morale, not good for team spirit, not good for what Watford is trying to achieve and what is, you know, their best season to his, uh, that I can remember in, the, in recent history. Yeah, I mean, it also comes down to the fact that I don't want to say that he's out of the team anyways for two reasons. One, he's the heart of the team. He is. No question about that. And two, if we inter- when we interview him, I don't want him choking me like Joe Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you mean trying to pop your head? He wasn't yeah. even choking. He was just head popping, just ah, digging those thumbs into <laughs> – into his uh, cheeks. It was, it's, it was the most maniacal thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> I would rather see a two-footed stud tackle. I understand that more than trying to drive your thumbnail into a guy's face. But, hey, man, Joe Allen thought he could step up, pick the fight, and Dini wasn't having it. Joe Next Allen's one. An idiot. <laughs> um, so, um, real close, if you don't like Rickolson, a real quick shout-out for Keith Ishikiri or Chopo Motin. From both from Stoke, they have a really good fixture list, so I'm just gonna throw that out there for you. But let's get to sales. Cool. Uh, selling Aaron Mui, Moy or Mui, whatever you want to call him. Moy, uh, bro. How does it feel there? What is it? Moy. Oh, it is Moy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I said it. I, I want to say it twice. You know, Moy or Mui, just in case. But <laughs> no, nope, it's like, Aaron Moy. There's no, there's no Mui. <laughs> Mui, <laughs> Mr. Cow. Uh, so look, Huddersfield, they have West Brom at home, Bournemouth away. That's not horrible, but they also have City, Arsenal, Everton, right? And you know what? I say even Everton because I think Everton's going to be turned around by December 2nd. And it just, I don't know. I just, I feel like Huddersfield, they're not going to be scoring goals. I think we are looking at a 0-0, maybe 1-1 tie against West Brom. And we're looking at maybe a one nothing win. Maybe a zero, or maybe even a loss against Bournemouth. Um, I'm not very confident. This is this is a gut pick for me, uh, cool. for for being priced at 5.6 and owned by 8.1. 5.6, you can buy somebody else. You really can't look. Shakiri's at 5.9. Uh, Chopo Moting, uh, he's less than that, I believe. So, I would say move on from from Aaron right now. Cool. Oh, uh, oh no, oh, risk pick. pick. Oh, my bad. Yeah, no worries. No worries. I'm excited though, about the forward talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though that we talked about the, um, this guy being priced so well for the talent that he is because he's one of, if not the best player in the league, it's Eden Hazard. He's risk right now. He's priced at 10.6, which is undeniably outrageously good. Uh, he's only owned by 5.2%, but Chelsea are playing Man United at home. I mean, Stanford Bridge, true, we went into United. They haven't let in many, many, if not any goals at uh, Old Trafford. But United, they're so defensively sound that it's going to be very hard for Chelsea to score. But it, that's when it gets down to it. When Chelsea and United play, it just seems like Hazard doesn't so much have United's number. But he, he looked last time, last year when we saw Herrera get the, the right card. Yeah. He just picks at him, picks at him. And with no Pogba in the middle to just run around, Herrera's there again. So maybe Hazad goes after him again. And you never know. This is one of those games that Hazad might just blow up and get three goals. But because it's United, I have to put him as a rest pick. I dig it. Yeah, man, it's, t- it's tough to predict these uh, 
these games between the the top opponents. But yeah, that, that's that's a fresh shot. That is risky as hell. Though. Yes, my next pick. Also, well, we're getting to strikers now. Yeah, strikers, and we're talking bye bye bye. And this one is not so much. It's a risk only because I don't know if he's going to play. But honestly, going against Crystal Palace, is there anyone else that we can pick than Harry Kane right now? Yeah, I mean, if if he's healthy, again, uh, like we said earlier, keep your eye on the news and the reports. Um, he seemed a little sluggish uh, this game, like Huss was saying in uh, episode 199. Uh, he wasn't his sprinting self. Still, you know, played almost the full 90, was very, very active and involved in the game, but was missing that edge, so... It's a big game this weekend for Tottenham. Um, do they necessarily need Harry Kane to win it? No, but they're in a championship run, a title, a title chase. So Harry Kane might be forced to play, and who else better to play than a struggling Crystal Palace? Yeah, I mean, if I was Potts right now, look, one of the things that you have to do when it comes down to a top player that just puts the team first, you have to slow them down. We talked about it with Arson. With Alexi Sanchez, if he's hurt with that ankle, he still wants to play 90 minutes. Sometimes you just have to have a talk and like, look, we need you for the long run. Crystal Palace is not the team we need you for 90 minutes. So I would even suggest starting with Son and moving on and maybe bringing him in in the 60th, 65, 65th minute if you're tied. Dude, but- I, sorry, I was going to say I would love to see Lorente get in there. The few minutes okay. he had against Real Madrid, controlling the ball and laying it off, that would be huge. Yeah, I mean, so right now that's such a risk pick, but yeah. I had to do buy because if he plays, <laughs> no one's even close. No one's even close to being a better buy than that. Uh, you have to go for that. Cool. But keep. Also, I, was gonna, I think we're going to say the same thing. Keep, uh, keep looking at um, – oh, you're going to say keep, keep for the striker. I was going to say keep looking at the news just in case like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Two birds, one word. <laughs> I thought we were on the same page. <laughs> Almost. We're on the same word. That's kind of cool. That That's something, right? <laughs> that's actually harder to be on the same word with different sentences. <laughs> right. Boom. All right. So keep – we already talked about this during the, the matchups. It's just a little soft spot for me because I just love the fact that he is just feisty. He He's a fast guy. He fast. just wants to boot. Uh, Jamie Vardy. He's only 8.6. Owned by 14-9. You got Leicester coming in with Stoke, going away to Stoke. Then they got City. Then they got West Ham. Then they got Spurs. Then you got Burnley, Newcastle, Southampton, Palace. So when it comes down to it, he's so inexpensive that you can still keep him for City and Spurs. And you can pick up another midfielder uh, and try to be competitive in that. Because Vardy, if if he gets on a hot streak, we already saw it. He already... He literally holds the record for the most goals in, in a streak for how many games? Yeah, 11, 11, 11 games. He broke Vanessa Roy's record. And if him and Mares start clicking again, we're looking at points galore. Right and now. it's looking like Mares is waking up for, from his slumber. Uh, it's looking exactly. like he's accepted the fact that for the next year, his life is at Leicester. Next summer, I can almost guarantee he leaves. He's, he's too good for that club. No offense to Leicester and their fans, but... He's a different level, man. He's absolutely a different level, and he's showing it in his professionalism. I, I adore that when I see that in players because, man, most of the time these clubs are paying you six figures, maybe five if you're not that good. 
okay, you wanted to leave, I get it, but you're still like it's a job, you know. It's it, it it's football to us, it's love, it's passion, but you're still getting paid to do a job. And the last thing you want to see are those grumpy players who refuse to play for the club because they wanted to leave. Uh, Berahino is a guy who comes up, uh, recent memory. You know, he absolutely derailed his career because he was stubborn. Now he had every right to be. You know, you can't be forced to play for a club you don't want to play for. But at the same time, it's like you got decisions to make. So Mares, he's taking it in stride, man. I think he's playing for a new club next summer. And I think because of that, Vardy's going to directly benefit from his production. I mean, you saw the assist. Uh, they got together last week with that brilliant counterattack when Damari Gray uh, ran it through Everton's heart and laid it off to Mares to square it to Vardy. I mean, that looked like vintage Leicester. And I agree with you, Hus. I think that's slowly coming back. But it's not only that, but I mean, I agree with everything you said because you were completely correct. Uh, always. I, I, I'm always correct. <laughs> You're like 99%. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's also last year, we didn't see a team react after a minute of change more than Leicester. Leicester changed everything. They looked like they might have been even relegated, and they just went on a winning streak. Yeah. So right now they have another manager coming in who is a top manager. I don't care if he just got fired uh, last year. He's a top manager in my book. Who, I'm talking who are we like, talking about? Um, Frank DeBoer. So he's what top? I think you know. I th he's top fifteen in the world for me, and that's a top manager for Leicester. Um, yeah. So when it comes down to it, if you expect that same type of run, Leicester very well might just be start winning games one, two, nothing, and Vardy's going to be on the end of a lot of those, more than fifty percent, I would think. Definitely. All right, and then Cell, uh, Lacazette. I hate it because I have him in the fantasy draft with the podcast crew. I don't have him uh, in the regular fantasy. He's only priced at 10.4, owned by 13.8%. Look, if you're looking for a cheap buy, just don't buy him right now. In the two weeks, he's playing City and Spurs, like we talked about. After that, you got Burnley, Huddersfield, United, Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle. That's when you want to buy him. Maybe not even against... Actually, no, those are even hard games. Burnley and Huddersfield, those are also tough games. Yeah, so I'd absolutely. say maybe wait another five weeks, go after Southampton, then West Ham, then Newcastle. That's where I think Lacazette's really going to start producing. Because he hasn't been bad at all, but it's just he hasn't been as good as other forwards. I mean, yeah. it's just supply and demand when it comes down. Well, not supply and demand, but... Uh, uh, hot, hot hand. <laughs> yeah, hot hand, uh, survival of the fittest almost. Because he, I talked about like the five forwards that you can't really go wrong with. And him and Gabby Jesus are almost four and five because they haven't been as good as uh, Aguero, Lukaku, and Harry Kane. Uh, so after that, we have risk. This might be the risk of the week. Uh, he's priced at 5.9, owned by 0.1% of the game. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. This this is a mess. Point not not even one percent of the point, people playing on this guy. Point one percent. Wow. How far down did you have to scroll your mouse to get down to him? Uh, I didn't have to scroll very far because okay. I knew who he was and I've been watching him. Uh, look, I have a soft spot for this guy too, and we talked about well, I talked about him this week, but with Josh King out right now. And a phobie being a little hurt, and maybe he's 75% right now with a groin injury. And Defoe 
he what did he just get subbed off? He just subbed off at, half, at, yeah, half time, at halftime. Yeah. So we might see the reemergence of Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. I like that. I, I like mean, that. This guy produces when he plays. I mean, when he plays for Bournemouth without injuries. But again, he's a, he's Bournemouth's version of Sturridge, Dennis Sturridge. Yeah, dude. I mean, he plays. He does well. Three weeks, four weeks. That fifth week, it's he pulls up for a hammy or pulls up for something. It's like. It's too bad because I really believe in this type of player because I really do like him. I do have a soft spot for him. Uh, I, I think that he did so much for Bournemouth that he deserves by the soccer gods to just stay healthy for one full season, see if he can get a huge contract somewhere. But right now he's only at five, he's only priced at 5.9. So, I mean, it's not a horrible, horrible shout for price standpoint, but don't expect him to play more than 60 minutes. So I could very well see... I could even see Defoe playing 60 and Callum Wilson playing 30 or all the way around. That's why it's the risk pick. You don't know. Love it. And that wraps it up for the buy, keep, sell risks for the week. Uh, let us know if you have questions, comments, um, you want to get involved, you wondering who you should play, who you should pick up. Let us know and we'll do our best to hook you guys up. Before we wrap up, let's finish up with captain suggestions for the week. Bussington. Uh, I don't, I feel like we do this every week where I always hate to be the cliche dude. And you're like, just pick the right person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going with Salah. This guy's just been on fire. He's a beast, man. He's an absolute beast. I'm going to go with – this one's a tricky one because he scored two goals against Real Madrid. But I'm going to say Dele Alli. Dele Alli. I think uh, – if you have him, captain this kid. He's a little warm right now. He's he's finally match fit. He's starting to score goals. This kid scores in bunches. Look, I hope he gets goals this weekend. Um, if he's on my team, I'm captaining this kid. Oh, I like that shout. You know what? As we've talked about before with City, you have to have three players from City in your Oof, team. Good shot, bro. But you know what? I mean, have three from them. Might even have three from Spurs. Have six players between City and Spurs. I know you're going all in. But... <laughs> that is no all in. But you know what? This is not a bad all in to go on, dude. <laughs> oh, man, because they're pepper, so good. Yeah, Pepper and Lukaku in there. Maybe Morata if he gets warm. Uh, Sanchez or Hazard. Well, Whatever else is City and Spurs. Six players of the 11. Lukaku and Sanchez you might not be able to afford. Because you might have Harry Kane, so Marata, uh, Hazard, because he's ten hey, man, whatever. Just buy Angel Rangel in the back line. I think he's three point <laughs> nine right now. <laughs> just go all out attack, dude. All out attack. Buy like three dollar defenders who never play, and then just hope the other guys carry your team and make up for those guys who aren't playing. <laughs> yeah, just buy that dude. Right. <laughs> this guy that never plays the goddamn game, but. Uh, I guess at the same time, I did read uh, read an article that said like, if you just picked uh, the right team and the right captain every week, you would never had to make a sub, and you would have won the entire Premier League, uh, Premier League.com fantasy, the proper game, as they say. Uh, you would have won the whole thing last year if you picked the starting eleven, the correct starting eleven, and the right captain every single week. Yeah, and by, by starting 11, they mean like on day one, you just pick that 11 and never make a trade the rest of the season. 
you just pick those 11 guys and there was a team that could have done that and rode all the way through. So or yeah, all, yeah, or substitutions. Yeah. Having the right bench as well. So yeah, man, it's not necessarily a game of picking up every week. That's why they give you one transfer per week. Cause they want you to adopt that long-term thinking. That's why when Husk gives his brilliant analysis, he'll talk about matchups and what's coming up the next four or five games around the corner. So that's something you got to factor in. Example, this week or this past week, I picked up Lacazette uh, for Kane when I found out Kane wasn't playing. Captain Lacazette it blew up in my face, you know, but that, that's that's fantasy. That's fantasy life, man. You're making all these moves, trying to, trying to get those 60, 70 points every week. So we definitely appreciate you guys listening to the show. We appreciate the support. The numbers are going through the roof, iTunes rankings, all that good stuff. Please keep supporting us. Uh, let us know if you have questions. Tell your friends to join. I think, man, I keep saying we're going to close this league, close this league. I think you, you, I'll buy you guys another one or two match days to get in there. Um, we want to make sure everyone's involved, everyone's having fun, everyone's having a blast. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. Bus, anything else? Um, I mean, <laughs> I, it's one of those things where I'm just getting beaten up in this league. I'm just getting... I just keep leaving like anywhere between 10, 15 points on the bench each week. So it's there. I'm coming for you guys. Don't you worry. I don't care what place I'm in. I'm only 60 points behind. I mean, that's just one good triple captain away from being in the lead. It's all about match day 38 where you are on that day. So, yeah, we're going to have ups and downs, good weeks, bad weeks. But we're in it for the long haul. And on match day 38, we'll see exactly how we did. Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you on the next episode.